welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 975. All right then, Bella said with a business-like manner. Let's start with your good points. You're charming, handsome, and perfectly courteous to women. Sim laughed. Did you see how he looked at Laurel just now? He's the world's first lecher. He looks at more women than I could if I had two heads with necks that spun like owls. I do, I admitted. There's looking and there's looking, Fella said to Simmons. When some men look at you, it's a greasy thing. It makes you want to have a bath. With other men, it's nice. It helps you know you're beautiful. She ran a hand absently through her hair. You hardly need to be reminded, Simmons said. Everyone needs to be reminded, she said. But with Quoth, it's different. He's so serious about it. When he looks at you, you can tell his whole attention is focused on you. She laughed at my uncomfortable expression. It's one of the things I liked about you when we met. Simmons' expression darkened, and I tried to look as non-threatening as possible. But since you came back, it's almost physical, Bella said. Now when you look at me, there's something happening behind your eyes. Something all sweet fruit, shadows, and lamplight. Something wild that fairy maidens run from underneath a violet sky. As she said the last, she squirmed slightly in her seat, a wicked glitter in her eye. It was too much for Simon. He pushed his chair away from the table and started to get to his feet, making inarticulate gestures. Fine, then. I'll just... fine. Oh, sweetling, Fella said, laying a hand on his arm. Hush, it's not like that. Don't hush me, he snapped, but he stayed in his chair. Fella ran her hand through the hair on the back of Simmons' neck. It's nothing you need worry over. She laughed as if the thought was ridiculous. You have me tied to you more tightly than you know, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy a little flattery from time to time. Sim glowered. Should I cloister myself then? Fella asked. Irritation crept into her voice. Bringing with it the barest lilt of her Modigan accent. You know how you feel when Mola takes the time to flirt with you? Simon. Simon gaped and looked as if he were trying to go pale and blush at the same time. Fella laughed at his bewilderment. Tiny god, Sim. Do you think I'm blind? It's a sweet thing, and it makes you feel good. What's the harm in it? There was a pause. Nothing, I suppose, Sim said finally. Looking up, he ended the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I wanna, I have a thing. I think there's a nod to, shit, I forgot the other name. <laughs> the Tiny Gods is a reference to that other fantasy author whose name I forget right now. Terry Pratchett? Um, maybe. Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett has a book called Small Gods. I'm pretty sure this is something that has been said before in this book. It's an utterance it is. that, yeah. 
But that doesn't mean that it's not an utterance based on another fantasy author. It could be. It could be a reference to, to small gods, I suppose. I think I think it's a reference. I choose to believe that it is a reference. And that is your God-given right, Jordana. Thank you. That's thank right. you. My tiny God-given right. <laughs> That's right. Simmons' insecurity is on full display here, and it's not a good look. This is something where, like, I can't tell if I am a downtown, out-of-touch, like, pinko, or if this is just, like, a completely outdated, ridiculous attitude to have. Because, like, I, I simply cannot relate. If you're in a relationship with someone, if you are bothered by them flirting with someone else or them or someone else flirting with them in, like, a harmless, friendly way... That to me says that there's something like wrong in your relationship that you think you have anything to worry about. I think I can actually speak to this because I I get it. Uh, not right now in my life. Obviously, I'm married, happy, and Jeff and I could easily flirt with other random people and it wouldn't be an issue. But as a teenager, this was who I was. Like I like the I I mostly didn't have a significant other for all of high school, and I essentially had deemed myself unlovable. So when I got somebody, I, I didn't want them flirting with anyone else. And I didn't, I didn't really flirt with anyone else either because, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. But, and they were a very, the person I dated at the end of high school was like a very flirty kind of person. And I was, I didn't say anything about it, but I felt the way that Simon is feeling here. And was it healthy? Absolutely not. Was it the correct thing to think? Definitely not. Was it a good look? No, but it is very, very smooth-ness. <laughs> yeah, it's strength. It's something that Jeremy, you and I, and Jordana now. I think it's because we come at this from the place of having very secure partnerships, and so in our secure partnerships, we are of course scoffing at the idea that this would be threatening. But I can, I, I echo Jordana when I was like fourteen and doing what I imagined dating was. I definitely was this level of insecure. This would have right, but Sim is like twenty five. He's not a teenager, but he's also he's a he's a he is a uh, you know he's a pathetic fa- fallacy guy. He's, uh, <laughs> he's just a little birthday boy. Yeah, he's not used to dating. Uh, he's a little birthday boy. He's not dating. He's not used to dating the ten out of ten smoke mm. show baddies, and he's probably got you know some some insecurities around it. He probably, especially next to Quoth. He's insecure specifically about Quoth because he knows that Quoth is hot and a flirt. And that fella liked him first. Yes. And I think there's some evidence in this chapter to suggest that Sim, that insecurity might be tangled up in Sim's, shall we say, somewhat complex feelings about Quoth. Yeah, I agree with that, especially because uh, in the issue of Ojoy Sex Toy written by Rothfuss, Sim explicitly is questioning. Mm Mm-hmm. I think if I if I think about like the people I most didn't want, uh, like the person I liked in high school, the person the people I didn't want them flirting with the most were the people that I held in highest regard. Yeah, well, the people that you see as a threat. Yes, yes. Right? Well, the people who I thought were the greatest were the people I absolutely didn't want the the person I was going out with to flirt with because I was like, no, but they're so great, you'll you'll fall for them right away and you'll leave me because I'm worthless. <laughs> the trick is to seduce them first. Exactly. Yes, but how do you keep them? <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to seduce the person who you see as a threat. Oh, so you have both. I see. I see. Why not? Why not I mean, indeed? That seems, that, that seems unfair on, on different reasons, but you know. <laughs> now, I also think that when Fella says there's looking and there's looking, she's right. Absolutely. And I think the difference is threat, right? There's a difference between 
a you know someone looking at someone they think is hot across the bar and like checking them out and you know going nice and there's a difference between someone who's like looking at you like uh like you're a piece of meat yeah like the i could hit that mentality like always kind of like weirded me out like the idea that someone might look at you and go yeah yeah i'd i'd sleep with that person i've never met but think is hot as a physical body Okay, so no, that's Blech. the thing I'm identifying as unthreatening. Because you're not actually going to do something about it. No, but the idea that you would do something about it is the, is the black part. Like, the I would hit that is I would do something about it. Okay, I want to be perfectly clear. I, I think that one thing that Fella is identifying is harmlessly looking at someone you find attractive and thinking to yourself, they're hot. The other thing is looking at someone who you find attractive and making it obvious to everyone in the room, including them, that you're doing it. Reasonable. It's an act of aggression. And part of why, you know, catcalls and things like that are the way they are is that they're an expression of power. The people making the catcalls know they can get away with it, that they're expressing power over this other person in this way that is not a crime, uh, but it is a violation. Uh, so I think that is kind of what Fella is, is talking about. That's the difference, right? It's one thing to sort of harmlessly appreciate something pleasant. Mm-hmm. And another thing to uh, actively assert the level of control that your privilege in society affords you over someone who does not, is not afforded the same privilege. Well, because if you're like wolf whistling at someone, the, the implicit threat there is I might do something about it. And I might do something about it whether you want me to or not. It's also, and you know, as someone who hasn't been wolf whistled, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'm not the right person to talk about it, but I expect that, I don't know, I think I articulated it already. It's, it's less the threat that they might and more that like. It's, uh, I was like, as someone who has been wolf whistled, I feel like I might know what you're getting at. Um, it's, it's not the threat that they'd actually be able to do it. Cause like from a car, obviously they're not going to stop the car and come after you or you hope you can assume that that's probably not going to happen but it's that they are stating that they could if they wanted to yes exactly yeah and they're stating it to everyone they've injected themselves into your day yeah exactly whereas if you're just you know if you just notice someone hot across the street there's no reason necessarily that they're gonna ever know that you did that even if they see you giving them the up and down if that's all you do and then you go on with your day you know, then you haven't really inserted yourself into their day, except that now they know that someone out there thinks they're hot, which I think is what fellas identifying. It's like, sometimes it's nice to be reminded that you're hot. Yeah, unless you're Kiefer Sutherland in phone booth, because in that case, uh, to think someone is hot is a crime punishable by death. Yeah, there's also like, there's definitely mm. like, there's there's an appropriate facial expression for an up and down look, and there are inappropriate facial expressions for up and down looks. Like, you gotta be real, real careful what your face is up to when you're giving someone an up and down look. Like, if they can tell you're looking at them, you got to be very careful what your face is doing. (laughs) Yeah, you should try, like, lick your your lips, but, like, with your whole tongue around your entire (laughs) mouth, like like your Bigby wolf. Oh, my God. (laughs) You should make sure that your eyes kind of, like, pop out of the sockets. If you you can, turn your head briefly into a steam whistle so that it goes, like, (laughs) woo-woo, or, like, possibly a wooga. That's ideal. Yeah, make sure your jaw falls all the way to the floor, and then uh, and then your tongue kind of unrolls like a like a fruit roll up. Exactly, exactly, and then you yank it back up like a shade. This is uh, this reminds me of like a meme I saw where there's like 
there's a there's a gecko and it like you know the how the geckos like they stick their tongue out and they like lip they lick their lips a little bit and then it goes back in and it's like a little blip and it's like it's a gecko doing that as a gif and then underneath it it says my boyfriend after i've taken my bra for the 909 or like 9 millionth 999th time <laughs> yeah it do be like that that's the sign <laughs> yep. of a healthy relationship <laughs> yeah yeah Listen, I think we can all agree that if Phone Booth was re-released today, it would need to have an opening crawl explaining what phone booths are. No way, man. I saw Phone Booth the other day. Where were you? In a time machine? On a ghost station platform in uh, Barrie. Well, there you go. You were in Barrie, the land of no cell phones. I'm sure there are also phone booths in other places that are more in the city. Now, Jeremy, (laughs) how do you say the plural of the word phone booth? Booth Booth-eye. Booth eye. Okay, so Jordana has booths, mm. like dwarves. Booths. And I would say yes. booths, phone booths. So Jordana is B-O-O-T-H-E-S, booths. Once again, Jordana, the classiest member of the troop. Um, <laughs> With my rather. That's right, your rather. I'd rather, I'd rather visit not, a, not call from a I'd phone, from phone, phone booths. booths. <laughs> Getting back to the page for a minute booths. here. Uh, <laughs> No, 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 no. I have I <laughs> too late. I scooped you. You were too busy doing bits about the 2006 yes. Colin Farrell no. classic phone booth. Um, <laughs> uh, I do think that it's both funny and Fella is entirely correct to turn it around on Sim. It'd be like, you know how you feel when Mola takes the time to flirt with you? Same deal. And Simon is like practically going, oh, geez, I don't know what you're talking about. I like how she's like, what did you think I was blind? I'm just, I'm just a little birthday boy. I'm just a little guy. The other thing that we, we shouldn't gloss over is that Kvothe has changed. His like bedroom eyes, his his uh, his ogling skills. He's, he's returned with permanent advantage checks to oval, to, to ogle because of the... Uh, well and she does she literally Uh, like she doesn't know the whole felurian business uh but like she practically talks about it because she says something wild that fairy maidens run from underneath a violet sky uh yes that i really like her next line it's a terrible thing really I like it. How much more clear could Rothfuss get that part of the attraction of Quoth is that he feels a little bit dangerous he feels a little bit like a bad boy. But of course, the bad boy is not the one you settle down with. Mm-hmm. You settle down with the Sims. Indeed. There's a, there's daters and there's keepers. And then you put the Sims in yeah, like a Yeah, and I'm actually pool. not kidding. I actually think, I've said this before, I actually think that part of the like the the trade-off that he gets from having this, this prestige class sexomancer is that he's actually not able to hold down like a real relationship. Everything, it becomes sexual or physical. I mean, people can change. Well, can they if they've been ensorcelled? The only way to ensure that someone change, changes, Jordana, is to engineer a complex thriller situation where they are trapped in a phone booth with the threat of death and they're forced to reckon with their own demons. Yeah, so I've never seen this movie, but I suddenly know way more about it than I needed to. Listeners, will continue our minute-by-minute review of the classic Colin Farrell vehicle phone booth on tomorrow's page. <laughs> the wind. wind.